Hey guys, welcome back to an all new episode of Skydive. I am your host, Skylin Rashar Langstaff, and today we are going to be starting a brand new segment that I have been thinking about starting for a really long time. We are going to interview individuals that are within different branches of the military. We're going to talk about their rank, uh, their branch, obviously, uh, day-to-day lifestyles, and what started that this-is-what-I-want-to-do moment. All right. Hope you guys enjoy. We're about to get started. All right. I'm going to press the little red button. It, no, I didn't touch the red one. I touched the top left one that was just like, yeah. Hey, don't touch any X's. I genuinely have no idea what the like inner, like invited person into the group screen looks like. I only know what mine looks like. And my corner has like an option to add people to the group. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I did not have the answer to your question. Well, <laughs> not pushing that right now. Yeah, probably not the best idea. Oh, got it. Learn my lesson. <laughs> so, how are you? I'm good. You? Good. Good. Did you have work today or no? No. No work. Uh, not with this schedule. I'm off for two weeks and working for two weeks, so it's two on, two off. Wow. Talking about living the dream. Uh, it has its moments. You'll you'll yeah. be a group of guys and or possible girl if there was a girl on team, but she's not on team anymore. But yeah, you, you get you get crazed. You kind of get crazed. So you What's just start, start fighting. Okay. Are you ready to get started? Yeah, definitely. Okay, cool. So, do you want to start by introducing yourself? Uh, full name? Uh, you don't have to do your full name. But... Well, I am, so <laughs> my name's... Okay. Charlie Va, haha, <laughs> no middle name. Uh, born and raised Minnesota, California. Now, born in San Jose, California. Five years old, moved to Modesto, and he graduated high school from there. Hopped on on over into good old Air Force. Um, been there since 2015. Still am in the Air Force. Was prior. DC resident, uh, left DC around 2019, and currently North Dakota. Nice. Okay. Um, so you're in the Air Force. Mm-hmm. What made you decide to join the Air Force? I've never heard that question before. No. Never? Never. What? No, it's gonna be different for everyone why why they yeah. join could be they wanted to do school they wanted to do something totally different they wanted to challenge themselves they wanted to join they just wanted to be super patriotic uh for me i had a good amount of patriotism 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 uh, I also loved serving. Like, I just wanted to do something totally different uh, on a whole nother level. I was like, 
I had a good amount of family that served. Why not do it, but not do the army or Marines? So I decided <laughs> to pick the Air Force. No okay, one's in so... the Navy. What? No one's in the Navy in our families, like out of cousins and uncles. Okay. No one was in the Coast Guard? Mm, no, no Coast Guard either. Okay, okay. Those branches so far. Oh, but the overall reason why it was like a com combination of a couple of stuff. Um, a yeah. Few things. So it was reason to serve. I just love to serve. I love to help. I love to do things for others. Um, and then that passion slowly changed over time. Like, oh, okay, this is kind of what I like. Like, I love the tactician um, operating life, like being somewhat working towards the operation side. Um, who knows? I might try out for something some undermanned always undermanned a job that requires an extreme amount of physicality and a long two year or a year and a half course that I might be highly interested in doing not saying anything but I'm saying something <laughs> okay okay definitely took a, lot, took a lot of thought a lot of prayer a lot of um a lot of things that just fell in the right place for it I could have done college. I could have did that. Could have went down that route. I also saw a lot, of, a lot of a lot of friends doing that, and I waited like a year, still in the debt program from my junior year, because I started junior year debt program. Oh, high yeah, high school. Okay. High school, and I was just like, cool, watching everyone doing things. Everyone's in debt. Kind of don't want to do that. I was doing a, a I was a camp counselor with special needs uh, before I joined. That was pretty much my only job. You know, I've done things that you, like normal stuff as a kid growing up to make money on the side, which was either mowed lawns or that was it. Yeah, pretty much. And other than that, I was just a camp counselor. Um, that paid pretty well. It was also an experience I recommend. And then, uh, saw that and so I kind of didn't want to go down the route of being in debt and doing school when I could kind of tie all my passions and it kind of was like leading towards the military and towards serving and all of that and so that eventually helped push as well so education was kind of there as well okay um what did you say your your job was uh, so my current job second job in the Air Force. My first one was I was in the Honor Guard as a ceremonial guardsman. So my main job there was um, rendering honors to those who were fallen, either them or family members at Arlington National Cemetery. Uh, that was really great. It was a cool job. And not a lot of people get to do that or see, see that. So I did that for four years. Uh, but the main part of that, I was also a drill team member. So I traveled, recruited, retained, and inspired for the Air Force all over the country. Um, it's kind of weird. Felt like a, a group of boys, possible girls too, because it was hard to get on the team. There was a tryout. And you just traveled oh. and you performed by weapons. You threw weapons around. Uh, and you showcased precision and a whole lot of trust 
and that showcased and you tied it in. There was always a narration that went with it that talked about Air Force history as well as air power um, and what the airmen can do for the country. And overall, the recruit, retain, and inspire the public for whatever their passions are. Okay. That was that first job. And then I hopped on over to, because you can't do that job forever. I hopped on over into uh, security forces, which was the second job I picked. Huge career field, ups and downs. You'll hear everything about it. Um, but it's always about the person. It always is. It's how they make what their mama gave them type of deal. <laughs> okay, okay. Use what what would you say is the most challenging thing about your job currently? Uh, it ties into both past and current job because they were both elite teams. I just hopped on over and I tried out for this one made it so the tryouts usually are i'm gonna say overall kind of the hard stuff because they were very physical and they demanded a lot a lot of mm-hmm. temperament control you know poise under pressure and a lot of a lot of stress challenges that they would like throw at you to see if you could how you're going to handle how you're going to react under pressure um okay because uh, one i was going to be in front of tons and thousands of people either televised or crowds uh and you can't they needed to make sure that you know they could trust you not to lose your chill not to showcase the air force in a bad way not to mess up at a huge international tattoo not to mess up in front of a foreign dignitary or a um well yeah pretty much a foreign dignitary not to mess up uh in front of a family at a funeral for this job not to mess up because people's lives are at hand like i'm on a team uh 15 men or possible women as well as there's another team of 15 men so trf is constantly like a very well that's the job i'm in currently trf tactical mm-hmm. response force mm-hmm. and it's still kind of the same thing the hardest part is just making sure you know you're either looking out for the one next to you and uh, staying fit and constantly challenging yourself uh, to better your team because you got to always be ready for whatever. Uh, and I'll just say overall that constantly staying high speed and up to, you know, up to par at a, at a very high level of performance with your tactician skills, um, which entails shooting, learning how to clear a building, you know, one-on-one combat, uh, the mission, learning how to recapture, recover certain resources if that ever comes to, uh, God forbid, and yeah, the trial. So it's the job currently, which is still always going to be hard. You should always make it hard at the deal and not really like say, oh, that was it. You should always kind of like keep making it hard, keep finding a way to make it better. And uh, yeah, just those two things, the now and to get on the teams like this were kind of the hardest thing. Okay. What would you say is the most rewarding? Oh, uh, kind of the same answer. Uh, you just, yeah? you get you get the perks and you also have to work for it. So most rewarding is you're kind of, 
you're not treated like a normal security forces member. There's a few other jobs within this job that also do that, um, like a dagger or a raven. They do a little bit more of soft level stuff, things that are kind of special ops. That's what soft is. And they have their perks and they definitely have to work for it and earn it. Um, so the best part is like kind of got a really great schedule. Um, you do get a lot of specialized gear because you do a specialized job. You and like people are like, oh, what gear? I mean, you kind of want good stuff to do a good job to perform at a high level. So you kind of value gear. It's weird how I started valuing gear and how my how my gear functions and how my uniform will be and is. Like you start thinking like. I don't want a bulky shoe. I don't want bulky boots. I kind of want things that grip, fit, protect me from the elements, and I can do my job very well in them. So there's those perks. Um, we're on base, so we're not. So yes, it's the schedule and the way we're stationed and being in an alert facility and in alert dorms, like all that's kind of like a, it's a plus. And you know, being with a small knit group usually is, is really cool because you get to actually build a camaraderie between all ranks and you get to actually do a, a really cool job with each other. So that's, that's definitely the plus. That's really cool. So have you been, you said that you've been to DC and now you're in North Dakota. Have you been anywhere else? Uh, like your job had you travel has, has your job had you travel anywhere yeah so the prior job maybe not so much this job but that's also on how you are as a person a law of attraction your work ethic they'll give you opportunities you'll be able to do more prior job I literally traveled 220 plus days out of the year I was gone and not at the actual not when I was in DC I was literally gone out of the squadron that many days traveling uh (laughs) over it was it was it was literally like a boy band type of deal (laughs) you're on the road you're here for a whole week you're gone you come back literally for maybe 32 hours get rest which you got to do recuperate get supplies at your base things to perform in uh, and then you're back on the road you're either in a bus um, or you're flying and that was really cool Uh, where's sorry oh yeah go ahead Uh, where has been your favorite place to travel like where's the military taking you that you've like I love this place have you had that moment yet (laughs) it was it was like a lot of small little places about tons of states that I've we went through and hit, got really familiarized with Mississippi, Wisconsin, North, South Carolinas. Those were great states. Uh, I got to see a lot of historics, historical spots in a few of these states. All of it's a blur. That's the truth. It is a blur because it was all kind of like an awe moment. Um, when we did go to like anywhere like Montana and hit the mountains and stuff, 
like those were those moments like man we lucked out like we have a great job and in the honor guard you traveled so much so we did nfl games college games basketball games women's basketball games hockey games um high schools elementaries formed for kids students uh jay rotsies uh the opportunity to go overseas and perform like in uh well, we went to Canada and Nova Scotia. Canada is just a one great people. Uh, really cool. Fast food was like super healthy there. It was really weird. <laughs> I was literally in awe of my menu that I got. I was like, oh, I want to go to McDonald's. Not me. Um, and so we went. I was just like, <laughs> I was just looking at my food. I was just like, this lettuce is really green. <laughs> it's basically kale. I was like, what is this? this Not is- McDonald's. You know, I was just like, this is so great. <laughs> it's like Canada's really great. It's a great place. And so it, there's not really a definitive spot, a place that I like. There's tons of experiences and moments and like little holes in the wall of, of cool things about the country and about each state. Maybe hit over around 30 states that I've knocked out, just passing by and knocking out and through and just making stops and experiencing the people as well as interacting with them. Cause that was the main job. You interact with tons of people and um, inspired recruit and retained. That was the mission within the honor guard as well as drill teams. Uh, so not one whole spot. It was always tons of different little spots. Sounds like the honor guard was a pretty cool little situation, huh? Yeah. Not a lot of people get to do that. Not a lot of it's. It's a very uh, specialized, lucky group to get on. You're numbered. You get a numbered coin. You're part of a lineage and a legacy. You stay connected. I'm connected with people beyond my years that were on drill team. Um, and it's a, it's it's something different. It's like one of those secret things, secret societies that are just within its own thing. But that sounds amazing. I don't know about that. Do you plan on aging out of the Air Force or are you aging with the Air Force? Correction, correction. Okay, okay. So you want to <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> do you want to do your full 20 or are you thinking of leaving? Uh, I've heard tons of things. I've heard it all. I I you constantly hear it all because it's just people we joke yeah. about it and we talk about it. um it's like oh you're the dude that's gonna be in for 20. <laughs> maybe i don't know they need good people uh, it's just like you kind of don't want to keep your good people you want to let them go so they can keep you know doing good and you don't just want to always hold someone down because you'll you'll make them rot yeah you don't never want to ever hold a good person down in their spot and always be like, oh, no, I'm never letting them go. They're right here. Cool. Until they get tired of it. Not saying that they will or won't, but you kind of want to keep keep a person's growing personally. And you don't want to have them stay in one spot. That makes sense. But I don't know if I'm staying in. It's um, just going to keep taking what I can get, literally, in a good way. <laughs> I take it from them. They take it from me because they practically own me. So it's like. 
It's a give and take relationship. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'm not aging in or out. I'm just aging during while I'm in the air. So as long as they need me, as long as they don't, until they kick me out or until I've got what I need. So there's a lot of benefits. They, there's a lot of things they take care of. On the outside world, it'll be different. Doing certain things, I'm going to have to, you know, find my own health insurance. Make sure I have a stable job. Be paying for utilities. And a whole bunch of other stuff. All that exhausting I'm stuff. saying that I can't do it. Yes. <laughs> um, but they make up for it. They make up for it um, on, um, when you're not worrying about that, they definitely make up for it for making sure you earn your keep and earn your your pay regardless of you working like because we get paid on a, like a bi-weekly pay um, salary that just keeps reoccurring like a reoccurring check type of deal. so uh, it's not like well there were times where it was like possible close like oh we're we gonna get paid because tons of bills had to get passed because the government shut down and all those moments and we're like oh i don't know i hope i get paid you know because i need to get paid yeah i think the coast guard's um, but, the only branch that actually or not the coast guard the the, what is it? The U.S. Guard? What is that called? National the National Guard. Guard was the only branch that really needed to worry about that, right? Not getting paid during the government mm-hmm. shutdown? It was, yeah, it was because they weren't really owned by Yeah, the they're not really time, funded but... by what the rest of you guys are funded by. Mm-hmm. For my so understanding, at least. And that's all I know. That wasn't much of my room to really <laughs> know either. Okay. Okay. What is your rank currently, if you don't mind me asking? No, I don't. Uh, currently, I am E4, so that is a senior airman. Nice. And you've been in how long? Five years? Four years. Oh, no, yeah, five. five. E4. E4. Okay. Okay. Did you, so like when you joined the debt program junior year, when did you decide to do that? Like, were you waiting until you were old enough to do it? Or were you kind of like... Man, that was a lot. I know, that was literally uh, forever ago. Um, so, everyone, like, peeped it. Like, they saw the military. Like, oh, yep, I want to be a Marine. Everyone wanted they to be a Marine at Johansson. I swear. I was he like, does. you guys are wild. Just, just like, yeah. And some people that never said they wanted to do anything like that. There's some people that are, are Marines, like there was David Riccio, you had Ozzy Mora, you had uh, two other people that I can't think of. Aren't they like Army, though? Into the service. David? I think it's Ozzy. Take that back. Ozzy might be I think Ozzy, I follow him on Instagram. I'm pretty sure he's Army. Believe. I, I don't know the other person, though. I've never heard. Well, I probably have heard that name before, but I don't know who that is. Johnny Perez and David Riso were two football players of mine. And they, of mine, like I own them <laughs> on my team. You know what? I did. If you're ever going to listen to this, remember, come on, guys. It was just the position. I was running the huddle. I didn't own you. The position did. Oh, Sammy oh wait no yes forget it so (laughs) yeah it was just just those two that went into the Marines um, that I know Ah. and other than that it was like 
only with the Marines, but from that, the delayed entry program kind of had. Oh, me. Tyler Neal joined one- the Marines. Yeah, yeah, we were re- we're like really good. Well, we were really good friends. Like the few summers after college. Um, Short time. Tyler Neal's. Yay! Hi. Yeah, actually, he grew a lot. He's taller than me now. Not saying much, pretty short, but (laughs) yeah, I think he joined two summers ago. He was waiting until he got his braces off and then he went, yeah, he's a Marine. Right. Oh, why was I thinking he was in a different branch? Okay. Yeah. I was recently talking to him briefly about just the job through Snapchat. He's like, yeah, man, quarantine sucks. I just want to hit the gym. I was like, I feel you. I feel that. Just do what you can. (laughs) Just doing what I can. Yeah. But now we got like certain gyms open to us just because must be nice they... yeah definitely is. <laughs> it was it was rough i mean we had our own makeshift gym but we finally got gym hours nice nice back to oh, it. yeah sorry uh, back to the question <laughs> that's totally fine let's just let it happen with the program what got me to it i believe there was someone that went i was already a senior before who enlisted who came back during is um it's called rep you do rep which is you go back home and work with your recruiter's assistance yeah. program rap r-a-p and he was just you know at Johannes, i was like oh yo what's up yada yada yada, yada. He's like, oh you know just here, here for the air force got to meet this tech sergeant or he was a staff now now he's a master and i still stay in contact with like my friends on facebook like not a lot of people get to say that they were friends with a recruiter and have good rapport with their recruiter. Um, it's just up in the air. It's here and there, you know? Okay. Uh, but yeah, I was just like, he kind of like was talking to me. It was a blur. I don't really know what you, it could have been Chris. It could have been a Benji. Um, but either way, I found out. I was like, ah, do I want to do it? I tried it sophomore year. I was just like, oh, starts at junior year. So I still have time to think about it. Yeah before I get into the delayed entry program. And while I'm in the delayed entry program, you can get out at any time. Like, you don't you can just call quits. Literally, you can still call quits until the day you sign that paper or raise your hand for an oath. You can uh, call it quits until you, yeah, you do your final oath ceremony before you ship out. Mm. Yeah. And so, yeah, things just, you know, we're playing into it as I was still being active in school. Things... It's not like I was being forced to it. It was my only option. It's just like, hey, I have this really good option. Um, and I'm going to either make it work, see what it's like. That way I can say, because it's, it's, there's tons of different lives out there in the military. One is totally different from a normal, like, civilian life. It's, it's the closest thing that you can get to working in the government because there's tons of ways to work for the government. Military um schooling really well of doing some something of the sort that got you into the government which either they'll take like uh skills such as communicating skills at a very high level analysts analyzing analyzing with computer data or something else so certain things like that can kind of get you into like pushing towards working into the government field or you just create in politics and you just bam you're already there being politician working something government uh but yeah that's what kind of got me into it it was just like a lot of small subtle hints of the opportunity to do it 
had family that did it, talked to them. And I had cousins that were going into the army and then the Marines at the time. And I was kind of hanging out with them, working out with them. And it wasn't like anything, like, oh, like this was it. This was a sale be all. It was just tons of little, little steps that were put into place that kind of showed me like, hey, I can do this. And this is kind of what I'm able to do. And I kind of want to do. I wanted to serve possibly save lives, help, and uh, I love the medical field as well as like anything weird, but I'm not doing anything medical right now. Or, um, yeah, that's really it. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you remember exactly or if I'm fully remembering correctly. Um, a few months ago, I want to say like, I say a few months, it's like a year now, um, like May of last year, we had a conversation about like PJs. Zip PJ, yes. PJs. And you said something about doing part of their training, right? Uh, yes, there's some things that we probably do that are the same. Uh, definitely not no PJ <laughs> on that level. But yeah, go ahead. Um. So I was thinking about that in relation to uh, you saying that you had to basically like audition for your first two jobs, right? You had audition to get into like honor guard competing against other people because they want the best of the best. And then with the job you're in now, right? Right. The tryouts basically. Yeah, tryouts. Honor guard was a little more in depth on the tryouts and screening process. Are you wanting to move like laterally in any other field, or would you say the field you're in right now is kind of like the field you want to be in? Because you did just say something about like health, which would like make me think of like a hospital corpsman, but you are very far. <laughs> that would be a giant yeah. lateral transition. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of set on what I'm doing now. Um, the type of stuff that I'm doing, I'm learning a lot, getting a lot of schools under my belt. Um, and I, you know, I could possibly do contracting on the outside with it. That's a goal of mine. Uh, but continuing to, you know, put myself out there for other jobs that the Air Force has that are also small knit groups that um, also have trials and stuff for it and that I kind of want to do that deal with the tactician life of being a a good it's not really an operator it's more like just a tactician overall but yeah uh don't know if i i don't know i'm waiting for for more to come my way to see see what i'm made of and possibly try out for some schools always get a lot of rangers schools that pop up here um, i could go into cct or tac p those are always options pj of course is always an option oh yeah um but yeah uh some of the things we do that are like kind of alike like it oh uh, just normal daily things such as uh we don't do everything like them because they are 
land, sea, and air. Yeah. For us, we do we dabble in air and land. So it's mainly um, we do helos. We have helo missions and helo training on how to fly in them and actually um, work with them. We have some uh, harness training with them, like actually flying underneath and being strapped up to the helo and like you're dangling from the helo as it's flying around. Type of training like that. Sounds scary at all. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's it's fun. You get really high. You learn how these pilots work, you know, how they move. Great to talk to. Fun to talk to. Super chill. And um, you get to uh, experience a little bit of G's on how uh, they really make these things dance. And you're just spiraling down or up. Man, it was so weird. Like how fast the helicopter can bank. And you're literally parallel face looking straight down to the floor and sometimes you'll fly with the doors open which is also cool which we mainly do during the summer or when it's not cold <laughs> everything is always colder in the air uh but yeah it's it's really cool to watch watch these guys do work or any pilot it's always really cool uh from a fighter jet to a old vintage Vietnamese helicopter that they, you know, refurbished up a little bit and it's still functional. Um, but we'll be getting some new ones here too soon. So we dabble in that. We do a lot of swap-related stuff. So fast training, repelling from buildings, um, live shoot house training for uh, CTV, which is close quarter battles, which is things you see in the movies when they're kind of like clearing out a house, checking cars, and like where body can hide type of deal um we do a lot of that type of work uh you can obviously tie in a buttload of police work and do it but the things that do tie in towards pj um there's things as you're not a contact medic but you learn how to do medic in emergencies yeah if things happen we're all trained to like treat first aid like right away everyone's got their first aid on them um, everyone's trained to have their gear set up a certain way. Travel light as much as you can. As much as you can. Because there's certain things you're required to have on you. Just because of this type of job over here. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, it says, I think that's about it with the PJ stuff. Okay. Yeah. Still not a PJ. Nobody's <laughs> PJ. Not saying anyone, no one can't go do a PJ. It's just definitely not easy. For sure. I've looked at that training guide. That is really intense. Yeah, it's two years of your life. Just training. <laughs> just training. Just training and to find out you might not even make what? it anyways. Yeah, once you still make it through, you're still getting your you're still getting your tail kicked in because you're the new guy. Yep. You're the new you got all these old heads that are looking at you and you're going to prepare to do some dirty work. Still earn your place. Earn your keep. And forever earn your keep. It's just a life lesson. You will always, always feel like you have to earn your keep in a good way. Yeah. Um, not saying you have to earn your place or something like that, but it's more like always, always, it's either going to happen to you forcefully or you learn to do it yourself. Uh, it's like a, a state of humility. Is a finding a way to earn your own key. Like, make it count. 
you don't deserve to be here, but you deserve to be here. Yeah. Show that you deserve to be here. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. You said you were in debt for a year. Were you in debt debt for your like senior year of high school or a year outside of high school? Oh, so a year outside of high school. I was in a debt an extra. So started junior year. So junior, senior, and then a year outside of high school. See how it would really work. So and plus I just wasn't I wasn't getting some of the stuff I wanted for like the fast test it didn't come up, which is a test that you would take to go into special forces school. But you'd still go through basic and then they'd send you off to the schooling for whatever it was, tech B C C T or PJ. Yeah. That makes sense. Would you say that you've changed like a lot? Like has the Air Force drastically changed who you are as a person since you've been here? Yes. In some ways. Um, in other ways I feel like it's allowed me to amplify some of the things I kinda already was in high school. Because things were definitely turning up from junior to senior year, uh, leadership wise and me having to step out and do a little more, say a little more and um, really lead. I was leading a club. I was VP for a club. Uh, the Agape Christian Club on base, as well as learning the QB for a football team of 40-plus dudes. Learning to... And that... Like, like props to Coach Sikorsky, who literally came out of nowhere from Stanford and flipped everything upside down and brought a whole new meaning to football, why you play, opportunities he gave Johansson a taste of future endeavors of how this next level life of whatever it is, but mainly you could tie it into anything, but the next level of competing was and what it was like, how it felt. Um, look up to that man a lot still stay in contact sometimes whenever I go back home I'm always in that gym uh, because of like an alumni thing which is really cool but a lot of stuff like that he's he was there to help prep me and he doesn't even know it but it was just like the way he like lived and the way he led his life and how he was as a coach it was just said it did it just it was I don't know uh, just a really good mentor and role model to look up to. A lot of people can say that, like, about their coaches and stuff, but I never, like, I, I seen it in movies. I was just, like, but I actually experienced it. It was really cool. That is super amazing. I didn't, I didn't even realize, <laughs> shows how much I know, right? That we got a new coach. No, it's just like whatever bubble you're kind of more connected to of Johansson. Yeah. It's just goes. Yeah, the, he he became the new athletic director. Senior year? Added around my junior year. Sophomore, junior year. Oh, wow. I really don't pay attention. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. I think I stopped going to football games after sophomore year because the team, well, it was a little rough. <clears throat> yeah, it's just one of those things. It takes its ups and downs. Yeah. In any school. It was definitely down, but now they're back up. Which is very good. 
they're doing well again. And a lot of good has come out of Johansson. Still is. A lot of people trying to leave a leave a mark, leave a name. I know I definitely am. Um, just trying to make it count for whatever I was that came out of Johansson High School. I want to make something out of myself too. It's like it's just part of a small little thing. I feel like like I owe it to myself, and I owe it to people that were that dealt with me or I dealt with them, you know, the same, some teachers that a student deals with and it's the other way around and not a teacher dealing with a student because the students can't be controlled or something. Like sometimes the teacher is just, just either new to it or they're learning the ropes on how to teach or something. Um, but yeah, to like all the people that have been the janitor because I don't know, you get close with literally everyone. From a cooking teacher to the janitorial staff to the counseling office to the people in the back office. Like, I felt like, to me, I was, like, something to owe it to them. And everyone from junior high that I started looking back to when I literally understood this personal development life more. Um, then I was looking back and doing, like, reflections and stuff on everyone that affected me in my life, good and or bad, uh, that I, regardless of what happens, I, I'm the one to make something out of it and either show those who did me wrong or not so much show, like, I have to show them that, you know, prove it to them. Yeah. Like, I feel like I shouldn't have to prove it to them all the time. Like, I'm just here to, like, compassionately say, hey, regardless of what happened to me, what you did me wrong on, which I feel like was very minimal. Like, I don't feel like much did me wrong. There's so much good that totally outweighs the bad, so I really don't pay attention to it. Unless someone brings something up. <laughs> but, yeah. So that's kind of like something that I definitely use to always toss in for extra fuel to the fire. Just because. Just gotta be the best version of yourself possible. And if there's anyone who's gonna like try to bring you down about it, it's like, well, here's where I am. Here's where you could be, but you want to be bitter. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> never a good place to be. Oh yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> and then I also learned that it's just gonna happen naturally when you start raising your standards, when you start trying to do better. Sometimes the people that aren't gonna do that as much. They, it's just natural. It's just going to happen. It's not like you're separating yourself on purpose. Like, hey, you can still be cool with them, but you're op- literally functioning on a whole other level of of a person. Yeah. Either personally, like the way you think, the way you see things, the way you interpret bad with quotations from doing the fingers, like the two fingers, like the peace signs, but I'm like bending them in. That, doing that, bad or not, like how you view that and how you take it and make something out of it. Most people just either accept it and like, wow, they're more focused on it, but they're not already looking past it. And it's, it takes some time to kind of like harness it and whatever happened to you, use it and start making something out of it. Um, Because that's just going to happen regardless. Yeah, it makes sense. There's this thing my brother always says, he said that with your friends group, your friend group or people in your life, they're either going to bring you down 
a level or step up to yours and Mm -hmm. he's like and if they don't step up to your level like why stay like Mm -hmm. so I just find it like interesting because it's something that I've noticed like more as I've gotten older and like gone through life it's one of those things where yeah the more you like succeed or fall and pick yourself back up the more you kind of notice how things start to affect you differently like a negative comment might have upset you but now it just pushes you to do better mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's an interesting way to look at things it's a very like positive way to look at things i think yeah definitely there's like a, uh i forgot, his, forgot what he said but i was listening to chris in his podcast when he was talking about that what i was just describing Mm -hmm. was when you raise your standards and other people around you they're either gonna this is how you know like when a real friend's a friend is that they're proud of you and they're willing to help you get to that level and push you and in terms they naturally go with you because they hop on board yeah and they see that you, you know you're trying to better yourself all this other stuff and then from there they're like okay cool yeah i get it like i get your vision so they hop on it and then that's kind of the one that's going to stay with you unlike the other ones who are like yeah sure cool they're like happy for you in the moment like they're encouraging go do it go do you know continue to do better until you're gone and then you're like oh man you never hang out with us yada yada this is it you never see us anymore and then it's just like oh guys you know this is what i was doing they're like no and then they just get in their own head like it starts spiraling down and they thinking other stuff like oh you left me all this and that and it's just like no they're just doing more with their life yeah it's i didn't leave you i left behind a situation and got a better one Mm -hmm. yeah no i think it's really important to like comprehend and a lot of people don't seem to but then Again, if those are the people that you were around, maybe it's a good thing that you're not around them anymore type of a situation. Mm -hmm. It's just a constant um, maintenance on yourself. Trimming, adding, adding more, trimming. Think of it like your plant, like you're constantly growing. Things will pop up. A weed will come up here and you don't need that. Or a garden, depending on how you look at it. It's constant maintenance, constant finding better ways of making your uh, greenhouse uh, really well. Hey, stranger. The dog just popped. (laughs) Yeah, that's a really good way to look at things. That's a really good metaphor, actually, like how you decide to, like, plant your garden. Mm -hmm. That's a good one. I'm going to steal that if you don't mind. No, there's never such thing as stealing when it comes to the. (laughs) It's always utilizing and improving on it. And then how you say it's going to always be different. That's something I forgot who I heard that from. It wasn't so much as like stealing. It was more so like. Adapting. Or did they see stealing? Borrowing. It's just, that's just how it is in this. Like in, especially in the entrepreneur lifestyle or anything personal development, they was kind of like, it wasn't always stealing. It was, I don't know how he said Probably it. Probably like it was like adapting. Yeah, and just like using it in it your own way, and go ahead steal it because it's for the ultimate goal of just helping people, especially in that type of line of work. The good entrepreneurs, the good people that are constantly there to help better others through their podcasts and stuff, or just keep people informed. 
Yeah, it makes sense. It's a good way to look at things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I have a lot of friends that are in the military and they all have difference of opinions and like how everything kind of functions. But there's one thing that they all always seem to agree on and it's like the unity and like the family feeling of being, you know, in a military branch. Would you like also agree? Like, do you feel like it's not just like a, like a, like it's more than a team, it's a family? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, definitely um small yeah especially since your unit's only 15 people it's uh my group within my group of trs and trs in total is like we're trying to get our numbers back up to 80 our team's split up and so you'll you'll post at 15 you always have 15 on post but it's like on our team fully on this team it's kind of like around maybe 20 ish something we're constantly working on getting new bodies in, seeing who makes it through the tryouts and stuff. There's a lot of um, logistics that go into that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's um, military life is kind of small, around, around 300,000 in the Air Force, I believe so. Um, and uh, we tend to run into people. You stay connected from your first base to next base to someone you went through with basic like have we have our own page for our flight we stuck together from basic just our entire group of dudes all 50 plus of us in our flight and um we're like hey anyone gonna be over here in missouri soon because i'm you know i'm pd wine there for some school yada yada and so it's our small way of staying connected like oh i'm being stationed here oh, i'll be here it's like hey is anyone over here so then we just you know just our own little group chat staying connected and you'll run into tons of those like like i'm already in one which was the drill team one yeah that, that's that's that that's its own legacy and then i have my basic facebook page that we made with our dmt bros and um and then we had our sister flight so you have a few friends from the, the sister flight which was literally an actual female flight all female flight yeah because they keep it separate and and you just stay connected with people and it it is like that because it's i forgot what type of um, law of attraction or something i was was listening to something um about how that stuff works you know when you do things hard with a group of people you create a quicker stronger bond and this is a different lifestyle because it's got its own mission you know it's protect and just to well that's mainly it and you're, you're in the military for this country so it's whatever country you're going to be in the military for so you can literally find it it's not just our country but it's um it's a, a group of like it's almost like a halo not a halo effect i forgot what effect it was it was some psychology thing but that's how it works yeah you really do experience it and it's it's a tight-knit group you understand each other pretty much like we have a few prior Marines on our team. Um, so we get to know their side of the life on Marines. Uh, definitely crazy. And um, as well as some of the Army people that are in my family, like tend to have like a, a mutual bond, like something of mutual, mutual, mutuality and, and a simple communication, like you were military. So you understand this this and this in your lifestyle 
Yeah, that makes sense. I, yeah, I look forward to experiencing that for myself, like that whole aspect that everyone talks about. We all do experience it on a small level. And whenever you join a frat fraternity or something of that, that nature. Yeah. Um, Joining a team, fraternity, sorority. Yeah. So it's it's not, not born to humans. It's not, not born to us at all. Are you looking for them? Oh, okay. If there was one thing yourself now could go back in time to tell your child self or the your high school self about the military, what would you tell them about the Air Force or the way your life is now? Like, how would you talk to your younger self with the person you've become now? If you could tell them one thing. Just one. Well, I feel like I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm making this. I feel like I'm doing it well, but I could do it better. But um, this is, there's usually a lot of sweaty moments and stuff that come up, sweaty palm moments that you're just like, oh, gosh, do I do it? Or do I just stick to this? Um, but do anything and everything you can and expose yourself to as much as you can and try as much as you can and expect to fail a lot. And just let it happen because it's, it's the best way and and fail fail trying for something good and fail fail forward but don't fail um at doing dumb things just to you know reiterate not saying i did but just to like it's good to hear it <laughs> it's good to hear. <laughs> yeah that's yeah that would be a good thing so basically just to like you know fail until you succeed yeah, just keep, like, there's a lot of stuff that can pop up. Like, be a sponge and and just whatever comes your way, just, like, take it and, and expose yourself too much. Try hard things. Do hard stuff. Do something hard. Scare yourself. You know, you find a fear. Better face that one first because there's always going to be something else around the corner and it'll just pile on top of you. Before you know it, you're you're stuck in a hole because fear does that. And your first fear was literally started because it was just something small that fear, like, ooh, I don't want to give a bad percentage on a statistic, but did you know 99.9% of statistics are made up on the spot? Just like that one. So I'm going to say 80-something percent of your fears you usually think about don't even come true. Someone could figure that one out. It's probably not 80. It's probably more. But yeah, your fears that you usually have fears of usually don't happen. That's just your 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 primitive nature of your you being human just thinks your mind wants to do stuff simple. It wants to simplify stuff. It wants to go into survival mode. It wants to do anything safe, super safe to where you just mind numb. But to combat that, stick your head out. Just do stuff. Scare your body. Challenge your body. Shock your body. Physically, mentally, in, a, in any way you can. That is some really good advice. Mm-hmm. Chew, you can tell that to your, yourself now. I mean, you're living yeah. by it already, but... 
just I live by it. Sometimes I'm like, if you forget, it's just things to always keep reminding yourself. Well, thank you. I live, yeah, yeah. Live your day by what is it? By seconds, minutes, and then work your way on up. Yeah, that makes sense. Seconds and on. Work on seconds and then work your way up before worrying about days. Worry about the now, not the future. Yeah, I got a book on that. It's just reading, like, own the day. (laughs) It literally starts off how to own the day. (laughs) Is it like a self-help book? It's a... It's it's a great book. It was by Aubrey Marcus, like one of the C the CEO of On It, and he talks about literally a whole day. He's talking about a whole day. I'm like within the first few chapters. Just like one singular day. Yeah, he's he's breaking the day up into like tons of ways and owning it from what you drink in the morning to how you go to bed, how to go to bed better, how to sleep well, eating, training, you know. Anything work, learning, walking. Wow, that's a lot. But yeah, I've definitely implemented it, you know, the morning routines as much as I can. Right now, I kind of have a routine of gaming with the bros because <laughs> you're off for two weeks and you kind of just want to unwind and hang out with everyone. Yeah. How's quarantine Especially affecting for- your guys' day to day lifestyle? It's it's not new. It's not new being told you can't do something or like stay here or you're because basic kind of gave you a taste of that. Like, yeah. Like do what you're like, <laughs> oh, go here. Got it. I only got a few places to go to. That's it. Got it. In and out. Get what you need. Get back. But things are lining up. A lot of states are going into their phases one their phases of opening the public. Um It'll be a little interesting. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Hopefully, the majority of people that were following still follow it, and that leads into the people that were like not following at first. The simple rules of just you know social distancing, not doing things, don't have big group. Um, but now you could be in like groups of six, no more. Um, we we're, were able to travel. Actually, no, we can only still travel 45 minutes out. So we have, like, certain restrictions. Um, highly recommended. We still wear our mask. There's debates about the mask up and down. Just like, yes, you can argue both. You can argue a, a vape being healthier than a cigarette. And it's just, like, up and down, yes. So it's, like, uh, you're just kind of doing what you're told right now. But it's it's Okay. You know, it'd probably be crazier if we didn't have technology. People would be freaking out <laughs> and uh, no communication. Yeah. We'd be sending, well, there'll still be a, some way of connection. Just someone else will be booming in their business of communication, like sending letters, which would be really cool. I like letters. I've learned that I'm really liking letters a lot. Yeah. I don't know why. Did boot camp start that for you? Uh, maybe. I believe so. Yeah. I think so. It definitely uh, gave me a taste of letters. I'm just like, I'll be able to write thoughts down more. I think letters are a sweeter form of communication. Like it's very, like someone took the time to hand write something for you. Yeah. And when they go all out, like, like I'm, I got my dad a calligraphy set. So 
eventually you can get his wax going and actually send an actual letter that you kind of send back in maybe the 18, 17. Oh, like his own seal and everything? Yeah. That's snazzy. That's some extra stuff right there. <laughs> yeah. He's, uh, he's fancy with writing. He does deep calligraphy and it looks really nice. Yeah, whenever I write someone a letter, I think my first sentence is, please don't judge my handwriting. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> was it in print or cursive um it depends sometimes when my hand gets tired i start to write in cursive but it usually starts out print. <laughs> as the letter <laughs> progresses the writing changes <laughs> please don't make fun of my writing i am in the process of discovering a new form of writing <laughs> something like that not cursive it's not print it's more like it's just my own little mix. Yeah. Yeah. Are people actually allowed to send letters right now? Like, isn't that like a contamination issue with everything going on? You could only <laughs> prevent so much. Um, in theory, yes. Um, I listened to your last podcast. Um, or not all of it. Just got into some of it. Uh, your situation was just like technically you're touching this and touching that yeah and it's like who touched this did anyone touch that who touched that prior how did packaging go was fedex clean was amazon clean and so it's just like it is what it is (laughs) it should hopefully it dies before then or something or you just (laughs) don't really know if everyone was wearing the face mask usually you could assume that it didn't like go directly onto it like whatever you were wearing on your face at least it was preventing some of it majority of it minimizing it was the main goal minimizing exposure and outbreaks yeah that's pretty much what all these precautions throughout the country are are are. they're just they're not anything to stop it it's just slow stuff down is that saying you could possibly catch it yes is that saying you will no is that probably going to create a lot of fear yeah it's just slow it down that makes sense Slow it down. Vaccine usually what kicks off within 12 months should be ready to go. We did start early on the ball with that one. I just good. Yeah, I guess, I guess we'll kind of see like where that goes. Yeah, but uh, doing a lot of FaceTimes, Zoom calls, stuff like that. Oh, yeah. The communication has been like way up. I feel like for everybody, all of a sudden people are talking to people they haven't talked to in forever. And you're just like, right. I try to do that, yeah. Like, hey, I have like old numbers to my phone. I'm like, hey, is this yada yada still? Uh-huh. And I'm just like, let's just, we can just call them and say what's up. See how it's been since school or something. Yeah. <laughs> I'm definitely more of like a just call me and let's just have the conversation than a texter. Because for texting, like, unless I just need to say something and I don't need a response, I'll send a text message. But I'm more so like a, hey, can you call me when you get a minute type of person? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can be like that one for sure a lot. That's why I send a lot of audio messages. Because usually I'm like, I just need to say this and get this out there. <laughs> yeah, agreed. It's easier than typing because I'm lazy. Yeah, and typing, typing tone of voice isn't really a thing right now. Yeah. 
Well, thanks for coming on my podcast and answering all of these questions that I've had for you and being so informative.